0: Welcome to the Reinvent Your Reality podcast, offering you motivation and inspiration to get you through the day. This is your one-stop shop for self-growth, reality creation hacks, and insights into aligning to your true life purpose. I'm your host, Jen Palco, and let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Reinvent Your Reality Podcast. My name is Jen. Welcome to episode one of season three of this podcast. Uh, the last episode that I did was last year. I did my end of year review. So I figure why not kick it off with a new season. We're into March now and spring is here and what better time than to You know, kick things off with a nice conversation today. And today's going to be a juicy one as always. And I'm going to relate it to something that a lot of people may resonate with. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. It's something that, um, that applies to the modern day, uh, person, uh, and it applies to social media in general because this is a topic that is all over the place. Can't get away from it. Can't get away from it. So let me just start off by saying that, um, not only welcome, (laughs) if you haven't heard this podcast before, I talk about all sorts of things on self help, self development, self cultivation, um, a little bit of Chinese medicine here and there, but usually in my podcast, I like to relate it to more current events and, Uh, I wouldn't say vent sessions but things where we can kind of casually talk about stuff a little bit more uh, than say my YouTube videos but today I wanted to talk about something that we've all seen probably we've all done maybe at one time or another if if you're on the social media (laughs) and um, what it is is uh, this idea of online vulnerability online sharing uh, of very very personal things and it's almost like we've gone and we've transi- transitioned from a place of being very repressed, these, these personal secrets and uh, whether it's your, your sexual identity or, or all kinds of stuff. And we've transitioned from a place of really hiding certain things about ourselves and about our lives things that we wouldn't be comfortable revealing or maybe in the past back in the day we revealed to maybe just one or two very close friends or our therapist if we had a therapist some really hard stuff trauma in some cases and we've gotten to a point of over expression in a sort of way where there's a lot of people and i've done it too so uh, you know i'm including myself in this bunch here of online sharing these very vulnerable, very secretive things. And, um, you know, I, what I want to talk about today is where is the line between it being therapeutic or it being uh, able to help other people kind of relate in the same way where they don't feel afraid to reveal the same things. Uh, for example, coming out as, as gay or bisexual or something like that, um, versus it being, Perpetuating some sort of attention-seeking behavior, okay? So we all know how good it feels to get something out, something we've been repressing for a long time. Um, hiding, you know, having secrets is, is never a good thing in the body. It leads to disease in the body. But at the same time, something like social media can be a very twisted thing because it feels good to vent, to get something out that maybe we've been hiding for a long time. But at the same time, it's this twisted thing where if we don't receive the validation, it's almost like we're looking for other people to validate our problem per se. Not that it's a problem, but our trauma or something like that. So it's this twisted thing where it feels really, really freaking good when people validate it online. But on the other hand, is it causing more mental illness especially in adolescents and the youth, if they don't get that validation. And we all know due to algorithms and, and all kinds of stuff online, people may not see everything. Uh, we've become a desensitized society where we just kind of scroll through and gloss over things that are very, very personal for people. Say somebody was was raped or somebody had a lot of uh, trauma. It almost becomes we see it so much where we become so used to it but we just kind of scroll on by and, and things like that. So have we become, are we at the place where we are standardizing, or we're normalizing mental illness in a sort of way? And, and we know that some people may, uh, on the other hand, diagnose themselves as having something in a sort of way. So there's a lot of things with this, and I just wanted to bring up some statistics here just to give you an idea on why I feel this conversation is important to have um, because you may be listening to this and be like, well, I don't go on social media very much, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, those posts are kind of annoying. It's just somebody looking for attention, things like that. This is why I want to bring it up, okay? This is from the CDC's Youth Risk Behavior Surveillance, 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 you know I can't say that word. You know what I mean, though. Surveillance data summary and trends report from 2009 to 2019. Uh, basically, it highlights trends about the mental health of U.S. high school students. Okay, and this is all of this, the conversation I'm having today, doesn't just apply to high school adolescents. It's going to apply to people in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s anybody online pretty much okay statistics and these are these are a little eye-opening okay more than one in three high school students experienced persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness in 2019 a 40% increase since 2009 just think about that in 2019 approximately one in six youth reported making a suicide plan in the past year a 44% increase since 2009 so if that was 2019 statistics, think about 2022 right now, post pandemic, because we all know that um, the instances of, of depression and anxiety actually increased or uh, as far as things that I've read and things that I've, I've heard about, you know, in the news um, that you know, a lot of people being in isolation, a lot of people being away from other people is um that the numbers actually are probably higher than that. And then taking it into account something like where your only socialization is going online and looking at, other people's perfect posts and, you know, fitness posts and all, all kinds of stuff. I, I can just imagine what that number is now. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll probably come out with the information. But the groups more affected, uh, according to this study, these feelings were found to be more common among lesbian, gay or bisexual students and female students. Okay, big with the female population. Uh, the number of black students who reported attempting uh, suicide in 2019 rose by almost 50%. Now, if that's not eye-opening, I don't know what is. So we could ask ourselves, okay, what's causing this? And a lot of us could agree that there's a lot of stuff with Facebook and Instagram and these online platforms that is really triggering people's um, insecurities and low self-esteem, okay? But back to this idea of I don't want to say oversharing but expressing yourselves online these very personal details. Um you know blurring the line between therapy almost like self-therapeutic to get something out that you've been holding on to for a number of years and increased mental anguish relying on others' feedback all the time. Okay? We have a problem right now because uh like I said we're taking very personal details of our lives perhaps for marketing reasons and um, stuff that has really impacted us while we experienced it on an emotional level and something maybe we've been in therapy for and revealing it to other people, not necessarily face-to-face, but online and there being a lack of validation, a lack of likes, a lack of following. Do you know what that does to a person who already has low self-esteem or insecurities it perpetuates it so it's also created this idea of how much do people really care because we all know we have this this ego right about us where sometimes we think people care about us more than they actually do we think people are purposefully not paying attention or not commenting or liking or validating us, but really they're just not seeing us. They're not even thinking about us. So it creates this, this thing as well with, with folks, um, and self-esteem issues where it almost creates a sort of paranoia in people. Okay. And then, you know, it, it just, it just aggravates the mental health epidemic amongst teens in particular. So back to the question, are we overexpressing? Is it ruining our ability for expression in real life? Are we doing more harm than good mentally? Again, normalizing mental illness so much that it becomes desensitization. Uh, Or there's people who gain fame over mental illness. Or Kanye West downplaying those who actually want help or seek help okay he's he's a good example of somebody who I, I believe what is he bipolar or something like that and he uses his I don't know outlandish behavior because he does have mental health illness and it's 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 almost used as marketing for himself or branding and I don't know if he does that on purpose or he just does it but the media soaks it up like oh what did Kanye West do today right and it's almost like okay okay if somebody who is not mentally sound, it's like you're drawing attention to this, but not in a good kind of way, in a very unhealthy, toxic sort of way. So this conversation would also spawn by an article um, I had shared on, on Facebook that nobody commented on, um, but that's okay. <laughs> I won't take it to heart. But it was titled, Inside the Mental Health Ep- Epidemic Among Teenage girls. It was on the New Statesman, I don't know, written by Rachel Kelly. And just some other stats. These are from London, I believe. And the uh, study conducted in London of about 15,000 school students in February found girls were two times, at least two times, more likely as boys to suffer mental health problems by the time they were 18. 80% of girls were hiding their distress compared. Uh, to 60% before the pandemic. And recent studies indicate that approximately one in five teens between 12 to 18 years old suffer from at least one diagnosable, uh, mental health disorder. So just some more stats for you. I know the, the original ones were US, uh, high school and these are, you know, a little, a little younger. Well, yeah, I guess they could. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit younger um, than that. So just think I want to bring to your awareness. So anyway, online posting, social media, anxiety, depression. Again, where's this line of secrecy? Okay. We've all done it. I know how good it feels to not have secrets anymore um you know I was a very secretive person all my life so for most of it and uh but is it harming us more than helping us okay that's what I wanted to bring up today so I'd be curious your thoughts on this um you know our ability to communicate with one another in person I think is a little skewed as well you know mix social media with uh, COVID and people being in isolation and people that basically their only connection to friends, uh, was basically through online, right? Through Zoom, through things like that. So how much gets lost in the human process? Because human beings essentially, we need, we need other human beings. We need human touch. And it's, I can remember the pandemic. I remember I didn't mind being in isolation, I've said that before, because I'm not, I'm not the most like social person, I don't need to be around tons of people, and I use the time to get my book published, I use the time to do my creative pursuits and videos and things like that, but I remember after a while, it was kind of getting old, and, and I remember just going to Wawa, the convenience store, and I remember how good it felt to just talk to the cashier in person. And it's not like we talked and had big, profound conversations about the meaning of life. And, you know, it was just a normal exchange that everyday people do. But I remember how good that felt because I was missing it. So right now we've come to a place, I mean, things are back open so we can see other people again. But we still have this side of technology in the online world that that kind of, it twists things around and it makes us as human beings feel like we're connecting with other people on a deeper level than we actually are. Okay. Like I said, this goes back to what I said about people, friends, caring more than uh, not caring as much as you think that they actually do. Okay. It's like our brain constantly makes assumptions about other people. It fills in the blanks. So until we can be in front of somebody and having actual a conversation and body language and pick up on each other's energy that gets all lost online. And we've seen that through political stuff and uh, arguments and just hatred towards one another. It's so easy behind the screen to not care. So that's why this becomes an issue with especially adolescents. because their their body and their mind thinks they're getting something that they're not actually getting okay it thinks it's getting the real thing it's like drinking diet coke or coke zero versus coke okay your or or sugar free stuff your body thinks it's getting the real thing but you're tricking yourself you're trying to fool yourself which is why they say diet coke you end up, um, people are trying to, to drink Diet Coke because of the calories and they're trying to lose weight, is actually shooting yourself in the foot because you're you're trying to trick your body into thinking that it's getting something that it's not, but thereby you end up eating more because it's not the actual real thing. So this is kind of similar to what's happening in the online community. You think you're getting that that connection, that human connection, but there's something missing. In there, There's something missing and this is where it becomes the problem because our brain, our ego, we're going to try and fill in the blanks and we're going to fill in the blanks based on how we feel internally and emotionally. So if we have a lot of self-esteem issues or insecurities to begin with, then it's just going to exacerbate that. Okay, our brain is going to make assumptions about other people. Our brain is going to make assumptions about ourselves or what other people. It's, it's going to try and, and predict, okay, what people are thinking because we're not getting that energetic exchange. We're not getting that body language that we normally would. We can't see the other person. So, I think that is the big difference here. So it's not the same as if you were in a room full of people, right? like giving a speech on zoom where you can't see anybody. I mean, you can kind of see people but not really You can't really see everybody all at once. Well, no, that's not true. You can see everybody all at once, sort of in a different kind of way, but you don't pick up on the body language, the, the response right away. Okay. And maybe you see like five people at once because zoom, you can't see, you can't see all of them. They'd be really itty bitty small, you know? Um, but yeah, if you're presenting, you, you, there's something to be said about the energetic exchange, like, like getting people's reaction while you're there. And I feel like online, you can't do that quite as much, but what do I know? I don't do, I don't do Zem Zem speeches, Zoom speeches or Zem speeches. And I don't do public speaking gigs because it scares the shit out of me. But, um, anyway, let's see if we have anything else here. So there was a quote from, uh, Yeah, a quote from, I believe it was that article. Uh, We seem to have gone from one extreme of internalizing and repressing difficult emotion to oversharing and catastrophizing, catastrophizing, ordinary human unhappiness. Students often diagnose themselves. Where can I fit into a box, right? The person says themselves. Where can I fit in? I don't fit in because I see other people who are fitting into mental illness for example this is a whole other twisted thing where we're like I, I wish I would have something wrong with me so people would validate me so people would acknowledge me okay this is a real thing I've felt it too before I'm not gonna lie but I guarantee that other people have felt this as well where it's like we don't really want to have something wrong with me but we do for that twisted gain that our ego is getting in, in some way okay it's and then, you know, another mention in the article is un, something called unhealthy perfectionism, exacerbated by social media, uh, seeing perfect bodies, fitness sites, all kinds of stuff. So again, it's something we can't avoid. So anyway, just a, a short little, little convo on that. I'm curious to hear, you know, uh, shoot me a message or anything. If you have any insights on this, or I don't know if you can comment on my podcast, but this will be up on YouTube as well. So you can comment on there. Um, so yeah, where, where is that line? Like what, you know, I mean, it's, we, we can't escape it. So we have to learn to live with it, but it's like, what can we do to help ourselves not feel this way? What can adolescents do to not feel so, so, I don't know, like this, this self-esteem thing, this twisted thing. What can we do or how far can we go between sharing stuff online? Because it's easier to share words than actually speak to people. It's easier to type something, right? So if we've had trauma, we've been holding on to or sexual identity or anything like that, that we've been holding on to. Sure. It's easier to do a post about it. Then tell somebody about it. But then what happens when nobody nobody comments on it? Nobody validates you. Does that screw you up or what? Or are you just going to shove it off? I guarantee if something is that emotional and you've been holding on to something for years and years and years and years you're not going to just necessarily brush it off of you. You're not. Because it means a lot to you. So if, if, if it's not getting the validation that you seek, again, this attention seeking behavior, not always, but for a lot of cases that you see it will be, then it's going to lead you down a road or the spiral of just feeling worse about yourself. Suddenly you go from a place of I have this trauma to a place of I have this trauma and nobody gives a shit about me okay this is why suicide rates are higher i'm not saying this is the direct correlation but in my opinion this is definitely leading you definitely see a trend here okay and i'm sure a lot of people will agree on this so what can we do about it how can we help ourselves how can we make it more balanced between getting things out that we want to get out because in a way, it's therapeutic for us and we have nobody else to turn to. We have nobody else that we can just talk to on a regular basis. We want to help somebody else maybe. But where, how can we help balance that with the more toxic elements of it? That's just something to think about for the future. And I hope we can resolve it and I hope it can get better. Um, you know, because... There's a lot of contradic- contradictions as well, you know, where, where people are telling you to be your own person, be unique. And then what do you see all day? You know, the, this idea of perfectionism, of, uh, you know, people in makeup, people with uh, filters online, on Instagram and stuff like that. You see flawless things You see Photoshop things in magazines, on TV. You see, you know, it's always like supermodels in movies and things like that. Like, how can you be yourself? How can you be unique? How can you accept yourself when you're always being bombarded by this idea of perfection? Which doesn't exist, by the way. It does not exist. Perfection is when you accept yourself 100%. That's perfect to me with everything. Anyway, we won't make this too long today, but thanks for listening. It's been a bit. Um, I hope this was an a titillating experience, invigorating conversation. I don't know, but, um, it was something I was kind of writing, writing thoughts down this morning and you know, blah, 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 all that good stuff. But, um, yeah, so welcome to Season three, I guess, of this podcast, episode one. If uh, you want to check out some more of my stuff, I have a lot more podcasts from season one and two on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. All the links are going to be in this description. It's going to be up on YouTube. So if you want to see my my beautiful face while I'm speaking to you, then, you know, that is your choice. If you want to check out my YouTube channel, it's youtube.com slash Jen Palco, J E N P A L K O. Uh, I have a website, Jen I have a book out 12 step guide for the self-help book addict. Um, I don't know. That's about it. I don't know what else to self promote, but anyway, thanks for listening. And I will talk to you on the next one. Peace out.